Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Ego Chop Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we have quite a bit to talk about in regards to the Call of Duty League. We had the first week of the Major 5 qualifiers this past weekend and it was honestly a really incredible weekend of matches, some really surprising results here. Uh, and we have uh, a lot to talk about as we get even closer to the very end of the 2023 CDL season. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Bank? I'm doing all right. Aaron Judge is back tonight for the first time in a little bit, so it's not a terrible day. And like you were saying, we, we got some good matches over the weekend, so looking forward to talking about those. Yeah, let's get right into it because 10 matches this past weekend, uh, 10 of the, the last... 30 online matches for the season uh and i think you know we'll start at the very top but um the the first few matches uh well the first match wasn't a banger but um the second match was a banger and we had quite a few throughout the weekend um atlanta versus lag was the first match 3-0 for phase nothing really out of the ordinary here um the only thing really of note was that lag's losing streak continued uh with another loss i believe that was their ninth or tenth consecutive loss i'll look it up um once i get to uh once i stop talking here but uh, lag is probably nearing the longest win sh or longest losing streak in cdl history which i think was the the legion last season um if i'm not mistaken so um we might be approaching a historic territory but did you have anything on atlanta versus lag no i think this one went just about as expected um Looking at the individual maps too, I mean, 250 to 180 in the hard point was the closest. We've talked about hard point being Atlantic struggles, um, but then it was 6-1 in the search and 3-0 in the control. So pretty straightforward series, what most people were likely expecting. I believe this is their ninth straight loss. So LAG haven't won. Uh, their last win actually was against Vegas on march 4th so it's been a little bit over two months since the gorillas have uh tasted victory last um, not great but uh not anything out of the ordinary for lag especially with how tough things have been out kind of outside of the the lobbies and um the business side of uh, lag so far um but the second match was everything that the first match was not um, we had Atlanta, you know, just stomping all over LAG in the first one. And then the second match was Optic versus the Las Vegas Legion. Uh, I don't think either one of us really expected, um, you know, like I, I think we expected the result, which was a, an Optic win. But how we got to that result was very, very different than either one of us uh, really imagined, I, I would believe. Um, Optic end up winning 3-2. Uh, a game five round 11 uh, win for optic here. Um, but really it was, I don't know how much of it could be chalked up to optic winning it. It definitely felt like another time that Vegas kind of just lost it. Like they, they really had a win right in their grasp and they let it go. Uh, what'd you think of this? Because it was, uh, you know, one of the best matches of the weekend. Both of the Vegas matches were actually incredible, but um, what'd you think of this optic win? Yeah, I think this, you know, heading into this set of qualifiers, we talked about how hard Vegas' schedule was and how they needed to, you know, probably pull off a couple upsets to try and get, uh, close the gap a little between them and uh, Minnesota. <clears throat> 
And, uh, you know, like you kind of alluded to, they had a really good opportunity to do that here against Optic, probably a better opportunity than a lot of people gave them credit for, especially for their after their performance at Major 4. Um, and, you know, if you if you told me that Vegas was going to win map one hard point against uh, Optic with Clay dropping 38 in the, in the hard point, I probably would have been like, okay, so Vegas wins the series easy. Uh, and then if you tell me that Vegas wins the control against Optic, I'm like, okay, well, did Vegas win this series 3-0? Like, like, what's going on here? Um, but the fact they win that map one hard point and the map three control, but they still lose the series is pretty surprising, especially with how strong they've been in S&D. Uh, dropping two S&Ds and especially the round game five, round 11, has got to be heartbreaking for Vegas. And uh, the uh, Shotzi post-game interview had to throw a little extra salt in the wound. Um, I don't remember who it was, but in that round 11 on Hotel Search and Destroy, uh, I think it must have been Standy, I think. Some, somebody died, uh, double arches, and Shotzi called out that he thought it was Bomb, so I think his teammate was Dashy in the 2v2. Um, so Shotzi thought Bomb was potentially down, and Optic kind of backed up into B. Um, giving Vegas full control of the A site if they wanted it. Uh, it turned out Bomb wasn't down, but then Paris, or well, I said Paris, Vegas just decided to not plan A and go for a full rotate to B. And as it turns out, they rotated right into Optics waiting hands and uh, Optics stole the dub. And uh, then the post-match interview when, when Nameless told Shotzi that Bomb wasn't down, he was kind of like mind blown and, um, yeah, even Nameless kind of pointed. He's like, yeah, you, you don't realize how much that's going to hurt Vegas. And just the fact that, like, a, a slight miscommunication. I wouldn't even classify it as a miscommunication because, like, if Shotzi mm -hmm. thought Bomb was down, then, like, you know, it is what it is. But um, it just turns out that him thinking Bomb down, even if it wasn't, was actually what kind of gave Optic the win there. And it's not even fair to say gave them the win because, obviously, that's just the final round in a very mm -hmm. intense series. But... Uh, hopefully that illustrates the point that this was just you know super close, came down to the wire, probably a lot closer than uh, even us as partial uh, Vegas's winning champs bandwagoners, um, you know, gave credit to the team. So um, especially you know that map one, like I alluded to, really strong performance out of Clay um, and a surprising control win against them again. I don't know what Optics record is in control, but I feel like we talked about it before and it's been pretty impressive. So. A um, little bit of a surprising series in terms of end result, not, not necessarily end result at all, but it being a game five round 11 and what maps each of these teams won in a five game series between Optic and Vegas. Um, just all around a really entertaining series went all the way down to the wire. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a rematch to this at major five if it comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, so Optic's control record, not great. Uh, it's, it's their worst game mode, but I mean, okay. um, they're an incredible hard point team and a very good search team. So it's not like, you know, they're not Vegas level bad. Vegas has been, you know, really bad all season. So uh, for them to even win that control was was pretty amazing. I'm at uh, Vegas winning that control. Um, and I tweeted it uh, like during the match, like the Vegas uh, Legion had won one series uh, this year uh, when they lost their first SD. So they lost the first SD to Optic here after winning the opening hard point. The the only team that they've beaten this year when they've lost that first SD was Optic in January when Illy <laughs> was still part of the lineup. Um and it looked like it was gonna happen again. Uh it just it didn't go that way. Um I put it in the Slack chat, but um Standy 
he like switched to his knife for like a split second. Uh, he like why wide I think um, right as he was getting into the gunfight. I think it was with Hook, um, like in the uh, in the round eleven, and he ends up dying. And I think that turned it into like a it was it would have been like a three v one or a two v one, and it ended up being like a um, a one v two at that point for for uh, for Vegas. I almost caught him in Paris again. So um, something's happening. Uh, maybe it's just them losing. Kind of reminds us, but um, still a really good. Uh, you know, good result for Optic, just getting a win, getting closer to the number one seed. Uh, and Vegas, I mean, it. I was, I wasn't like surprised that they lost, but just them losing in that way just felt really kind of wrong. Like they, it, it just felt uh, pretty cruel um, for them to lose when they they definitely should have won. Um, Seattle versus Toronto was the last match of uh, Friday. A Toronto 3-0, which is kind of surprising considering the Ultra had been uh, very poor online in the last qualifiers. Seattle had, you know, kind of looked pretty good. Um, the two teams seemed relatively even on land, uh, but to come back on line and Toronto to win 3-0, I, I feel like that's a pretty big surprise. What did you make of the Ultra's win here? Yeah, I guess, I, you know, I picked Seattle to win this one. Um you know, if you had told me it was like a 3-2 series, came down to a game five, um, I wouldn't have been surprised either way of which, which team won that one. Um, but I definitely was very surprised it was a 3-0 and, and as, you know, dominant in a fashion as Toronto did in especially this case. Um, and especially like you, you kind of hinted at too, just based on Toronto's online play in the major four qualifiers, um, definitely a bit of a surprising result but maybe that just you know it, it's such a weird case in my opinion because I, I really don't know how to explain it because you're coming off a um a major championship at major three it's not like it was a new roster too so i really don't think it was like a complacency seat thing or something like that that led to the online results um but it's really just hard for me i would i would have to talk to the guys over there to see what they think happened in, in that period but um you know, that, that's in the past now. Nothing they can do about that. It's just starting these qualifiers off better than they did the last ones. Um, it, it's a good way, I believe, this this win or it might have been their second win. I, I'm not entirely sure. But they did. Toronto did clinch uh, champ spot. So now I believe Optic, FaZe, LAT, and Toronto are all locked in for champs and four spots remain. Yep. Um, yeah, this win, I believe it was this win that uh, they clinched uh, a champ spot so uh, atlanta at number one optic number two uh, we'll talk about it but toronto jumped lat in the standings uh, so they are now the number three seed and lat are number four uh, new york is got to be like within a match or two from clinching uh, because they're only 20 points behind lat so the the margin for errors um you know pretty wide for them there they could have a, a few mess ups from here until the end of the season and still make champs. Um, but everybody else is probably a little bit nervous as we get closer to the end of the season. Um, one of those teams that is got to be very, very nervous about how, how this uh, season will unfold the Minnesota rocker. Um, they currently hold the eighth and final spot uh, going into champs. Uh, so if the season ended today, the rocker would, uh, eke out, uh, a spot over the Las Vegas Legion. They have a 20 point lead over the Legion, uh, for eighth place. 
Uh, and they were the first match of Saturday. Uh, they hosted uh, the second home series um, that they've had this season. The first one in Madison, Wisconsin, I believe, in the last set of qualifiers um, where they played LAG in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. And then this one was in St. Paul, I believe. Uh, so a pretty local home series for them. Uh, and the first match they played London, second match played the Boston Breach, uh, which is a pretty uh, interesting match to say the least. But the London match was kind of what we expected. Um, I don't think Minnesota is a good team by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, I they've definitely disappointed from like what I expected and probably what a lot of other people expected from this roster uh, at the beginning of the season. But they picked up a 3-0 win uh, here over London. But again, it's London, not a, you know, really big uh, win. But it is big in the sense that it gets them another win closer to champs. Uh, it kind of puts even more pressure on the Vegas Legion to win matches and kind of keep pace with Minnesota. Uh, so do you, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I, we both picked Minnesota going in, so um, it wasn't that surprising of a result. No, I mean, I think, you know, it was probably even a little closer than you might have anticipated. 250 to 227 in the uh, Hydro Hardpoint to kick it off and 6-3 in the search and three, two in the control. Um, I'm trying to remember the, con it might've been one of them might've had a two -a lead and then the other one turning around. I could just be completely remembering it wrong. So I'm not even entirely sure, but nonetheless, no, and speaking numbers wise, uh, the series might've been a little closer than the three O series indicates, you know, especially in comparison to like, let's say the three O uh, by Atlanta over LAG earlier uh, this weekend. But um, yeah, I think just the position Minnesota's in, that's a must-win series for them, and uh, they were able to take care of business there. Second match of Saturday, a banger. Uh, the Las Vegas Legion versus the New York Subliners, a rematch of the winner's bracket round one match that we saw at Major Four. New York uh, in that match just absolutely demolished Vegas, sent them down to loser's bracket, and then Vegas ended up losing to Florida, I believe, uh, in the loser's bracket to be eliminated. Um, this was not that not that kind of match. Um, a really tight uh, affair here, uh, and we had an upset. We had the Vegas Legion beating the New York Subliners 3-2 um, with a 6-4 uh, search win to close it out. Uh, but this had pretty much everything that you could imagine, like two pretty wide hard points we had two close search and destroys including around 11 uh in the first search and destroy we had another legion control victory um uh, it, it just had pretty much everything you could want um and especially for all of us uh vegas supporters or vegas's winning champs uh bandwagon riders um this was a really great result and uh it got the uh the lead for Minnesota to 20 points instead of 30 points. And Minnesota actually played right after this. So they could have even extended it um, to 40 had Vegas lost. Um, what did you think of, of Vegas's upset win over New York? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive victory, especially in comparison to the performance they put up at major four in this exact matchup. Um, I really wasn't expecting it. Uh, this from Vegas, but you know, putting into context uh, their performance against Optic and then how they showed up here is a pretty, 
pretty good weekend. Obviously, you know, you perfect world. You want to go two and zero, but with the this the the strength of schedule or how tough their schedule is, uh, the fact they were able to get a one one split here this weekend against two teams. Uh, of the caliber of Optic in New York. That's a pretty solid result in my mind. I think it is definitely noteworthy too. Uh, Vegas was able to get another control win. If they're able to turn that around, um, and you know, it, it looks like, you know, maybe the, the S&D is lacking a little bit. They won the um, game five in this case, but that means they would have went one and three in search this weekend as opposed to two and oh in control. Um, and then I think two and two in hard point, but um, Nonetheless, yeah, if they're able to figure out control, that that definitely only helps them. And it's like like we've always talked about towards the end of these seasons, you know, teams that start figuring out the game, especially late in the year, and uh, are able to you know put it into gear just right at the right time. That that's you know what what you gotta look for with uh, big money playoffs on the line. So definitely a very uh, very big upset, I think, in most people's eyes. But regardless of whether you think it's an upset or not, it's just a, a solid and important win for Vegas. And I think um, I didn't pull up the stats, but I'm pretty sure Clay had another nutty map one performance here. Yeah, yeah. thirty-four and sixteen. Um, thirty-four and sixteen. Yeah, uh, he's hitting his stride at the right time. I think what he just turned thirty-one on Sunday too, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. So happy birthday, Clay. Um, I'm sure that when there was a funny clip on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it too, of, yeah. of him scrimming on his birthday, getting mad at the team. And um, it's my you know, birthday. I, I, <laughs> I know how much you like Clay, so I don't yeah. need to ramble on about it. But, you know, it, it's great to see him putting up big numbers like that. And that, that should only uh, make Vegas more of a threat to get that champ spot if, if he keeps it up. I think Clay, um, I know before last season, he was like the only player that had been to every single champs or plus uh, COD XP. And then he wasn't obviously on the starting roster for New York last season. So it didn't work out uh, for them, uh, for him that, that year. Uh, but he has another chance at getting to champs, you know, being the first one to probably to like 10 uh, like million dollar tournaments, which would be a really incredible feat. Uh, so there's a, a lot to play for, and obviously he's. I I think this is the best roster that the Legion have had since they've, you know, had like since they've been an organization, um, and like this is their best chance. Like they're right there. It's not like they have to make a New York style comeback uh, like New York did last season to try to get into champs. Um, it's very doable, especially since they play Minnesota in the the set of qualifiers. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. I think this was a great win. Obviously, like you said, you would want to go Tuno, especially with how close you were to beating Optic, which would have just been like a massive, massive upset. Um, so uh, you know, Vegas, they win here. Definitely a, a very helpful result for them uh, as we move on. Um, Minnesota also played their second match for their home series right after the New York Vegas match. Um, and I wasn't really expecting too much from this uh, from this meeting because, um, you know, yeah, Boston and Minnesota, they're both like competing to get make sure that they're safe for champs. Uh, but neither of these two teams are like incredibly interesting with how things have been going uh, over the past month or two. Um, they they're both you know about seventh or eighth in the league, uh, at least in terms of talent um, and in standing. 
but it turned out to be kind of a i mean it was a show let's just say that it was um a sound eq heavy series um so ben nissum uh who's the co-host of the flank um uh, you know if you follow cod esports you probably know who ben uh who ben is um he tweeted before the series um was told Boston refused a GA sound EQ for this upcoming series at the home series when asked by rocker TL thoughts on the decision from the breach. So I, I want to get your thoughts because you were probably on the TL at this time. So what, what are your thoughts on Boston refusing to um, GA AKA gentlemen's agreement um, and ban sound EQ, uh, which is a setting uh, in COD that's been, very controversial, um, very hated by a lot of competitive players. So what is Bink's take on the matter? Yeah, from what I thought I understood previously was that it was only an issue in online matches. Um, I thought what I had heard beforehand was that once Sound EQ became an issue that it was like patched out of, you know, it wasn't like as big of a deal on LAN. Um, but I, obviously that must have been either there was something different with like the, the setup for the rockers land or I don't really know. And probably yeah. the case is that I just misunderstood what I heard about sound EQ. No, and I, I think online. I think you were right, but, uh, so Dens tweeted, so the Dens, the GM of the Boston breach, he tweeted, uh, I know there's a bit of controversy. However, I stick by our coaching staff's decision to play with Sound EQ for our online match in the LAN environment. We are coming into a home crowd buff. Every team is using it, and we knew we could win the mental battle before the game begun. Um, so I guess even though it was on LAN, it was still an online match, I, I guess, it, because that's what I got out of that. I didn't see that, so that's good to know. But regardless of the, you know, the... Um, you know what the the specifications were behind Sound EQ. I mean, it's just uh, uh, you know, for me playing, I haven't played COD in months now. But you know, playing on PS5, if I was to play against PC kids with Sound EQ on, I'm just at a complete disadvantage. Yeah. Um. So like, I've I've never been able to actually use it and really know what the deal is with it and how much of a benefit is. Uh, it is, but obviously, based on everything we've heard over the past couple of months, it's just it, it's it's almost like a whole different game with it on and uh, with it off, at least according to multiple people's descriptions of it. So, um, in, in a perfect world, I think you would have liked to see uh, Boston GA it, but um, I I don't know how much I believe the uh, philosophy or, or the claim that um it's more of a mental battle as opposed to just wanting to play with eq on um but that aside i i think in a perfect world you know like we've always talked about with the devs and the dev support for comp and stuff like that this isn't even a, a debate we have to have because it just wouldn't be uh something that the players would have to deal with in the game so uh i think it's unfortunate for minnesota um but you know it it is you know part of the game. We we've, we've seen stuff like this happen with guns and other settings in the past, um, controversies over snaking, etc. So it's it's just you know 
until we get that really solid support and you know we get stuff fixed that actually needs to be fixed in a timely fashion uh, in CompCot, it's, it seems inevitable that situations like this are going to keep arising, and um, there's not really much you can do over other than, you know, I think I saw Arsity's tweet something like maybe like, you know, he misses the days of just being able to trust the pros to, you know, not do stuff like that. Um, but, you know, especially in a match like this, this this was really close in the standings. I think Boston had, like, a 10-point lead over Minnesota heading into this match. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been tied based on Minnesota's first match. Regardless, it was a really close one for the standings, and uh, it was really important. So, you know, whatever it takes, hashtag shout-out Tremmy. Um, and like I said, if that's velocity Boston's going for, that that's what's going to happen. I mean, uh, it seems like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's obviously just a tricky situation, and um, it, it's really not even fun to discuss, despite all the drama and, and such around it. It would just, in a, in a true, balanced, competitive environment, we, we don't even have to have this conversation in my eyes. I'm trying to think of, like, a real-world uh, traditional sports example of something like this happening. Um, but, like, the fact that I can't think of that many examples is probably just pointing to the fact that like there is a lot more competitive integrity in traditional sports than in esports and specifically COD esports. Um the only thing I can think of that was like like uh, obviously there have been things throughout you know basketball or something like um like the zone defense used to be banned in basketball like you couldn't play zone. Um and that changed the game once it got banned. Uh, obviously, you're very familiar with baseball. The shift has been like a debated issue, and this was like the first year that they've like quote unquote banned the shift or like limited what you can do um, in shifting your defense. But like, as far as like, I'm I'm there, and Belichick has definitely exploited things in the NFL rule book, <laughs> and they've ended up having to change the rules because of it. Um, I believe something happened with the Jets a few years ago when Adam Gase was the coach, and it, and I'm pretty sure the next year the NFL like completely like uh, made sure that they couldn't do that anymore. But like I I just think in general we don't have that many of like uh, loopholes to exploit. In traditional sports, maybe it's because there's been so much time that every time it happens, like the rule book is rewritten and you're not able to do it the next season. But I think in general, like this keeps happening in COD esports and like sound EQ is not the only thing that the pros disagree about. We've seen so much like this has been a years long debate about snaking and it continues like just this weekend you can see like there are 1v1s or uh 1v2 and players are just deliberately snaking like there's no like oh I was just trying to peek and like I just you know I hit it twice or three times like no they're they're snaking they are admitting it um it's just it, it's kind of crap like as a viewer of course like I want my team to win so like when something happens uh, that benefits so like something like for a Boston fan they might be a little more hesitant to criticize the breach for doing this but as a neutral fan or as a fan of another team especially if you're a fan of the Minnesota Rocker you think what Boston did probably is absolute crap and that's really cheap uh, and I like Dens I like the Boston guys but like to say that 
you know, we're just doing it because like we're trying to get the mental edge or we're trying to get the advantage. It's like, yeah, you're trying to get the advantage of a thing that we already know is broken and overpowered. And if if Minnesota didn't want to GA it and they were like, well, no, we're going to use it, I'd have no problem with Boston saying we're going to use it too. Like, it, it's just like who's going to win based on sound EQ. But when another team tries to get it GA'd and the other team says no, I I think that's, that's just kind of low. I don't think it's... It's not a great look for the league. I'm sure Activision, if anybody really cares at Activision, I'm sure they don't um, want the one of the biggest topics of the weekend to be about this. Um, instead, they probably want people to be talking about Vegas beating New York or Optics match against Vegas, um, or we'll talk about LAT and New York's match. Like you kind of want the topic to be about oh that was a really great play that was a great match i'm so entertained not did you see what beans and gunless were fighting about on twitter like i don't that's not great for the league as a whole um you could make the argument that it it might not be great but it could be beneficial to you know the twitter beef having more eyes on potential matches but uh, yeah. that's a whole different can of worms yeah, um, I mean, it. it's more fun when it's midweek, like when it happens like Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, like before the matches start, because then it kind of fills the week and we can have some entertainment uh, regarding the CDL. But, um, you know, I, I really don't care about Gunless and Beans beefing on Twitter. Um, you know, it's a little more fun when it's Afro and Big Wake because these are two like current players and everything. Uh, but it's just... Um, I, it's it's kind of weird and sound eq is like not even as like debatable about snaking like this is just like sound eq is just the dumbest thing to ever exist in cod um whereas snaking is just like always been around and or not always but like it's been around for a really long time and it's just i don't I guess Activision cannot figure out how to to change that. So there's really nothing that we can do except hope that players don't do it. Um, but yeah, Boston ended up winning that series 3-1. Like you mentioned, they were tied heading in to the series uh, for 8th place or 7th place, um, You know, considering that the two uh, bottom teams or the last two teams in, so to speak. Uh, but Boston wins 3-1. They take a 10-point lead over Minnesota who are now uh, only two games ahead of the Vegas Legion, and they're one game back from the Boston Breach. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. It, it's still this, – this could be a really, really important result in the grand scheme of things. If Minnesota makes it to champs and Boston makes it to champs, um, yeah, it's probably not that important in, in everything. But if Minnesota gets knocked out, and Vegas gets in by one match. Yeah, I'm sure those rocker players are going to feel a certain type of way about how things went down um, at the Minnesota home series. Then you could also play the what if game with yeah. you know Minnesota getting these you know four matches on quote unquote land, no matter what the environment is. Mm -hmm them being the only team to have these home series during the online matches. So you, you can go back and forth and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, at end of the day, you know, I think Clay, I don't think Clay said it exactly this way, but um, paraphrasing is like, yeah, you know, you can, you can make excuses and stuff like that. But 
um, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and, you know, you got to try and take care of business no matter what the obstacles are and no matter what the other teams are doing. If you take care of something on your end, uh, then you don't really have to worry about that as much. It definitely isn't what he said, but, you know, a uh, little, little bit of what I heard a clip of him saying infused with my own personal thoughts. Yeah, I, I know he said it's a doggy dog world and, like, he doesn't really care because... I think Clay would do that 100%. Like, if it came down to qualifying for champs or not, I think he would try to do whatever it takes to to win and get through champs. Like, I, it's just... Um, it's unfortunate that it's even up to the players. That should be something the developers should be able to fix, but it does not seem to be the case. Um, but let's get back to the actual matches and, you know, push past the drama. LAT versus Toronto... Um, I mean, this is, like, in terms of standing, you would not think this is an upset. But with how Toronto played for the past month, LAT coming off of Major Four champion, uh, Championship, we've been talking them up, saying, like, maybe they're turning into the LAT that we saw last season right in time for champs. Uh, you know, they're gearing up for another world title. LAT lose to Toronto 3-1. Scrappy goes crazy 43 kills uh in the, in the opening hard point and toronto now is 2-0 in the major five qualifiers after finishing two and three in the major four qualifiers uh or maybe one and four um but either way uh toronto has had uh, a complete turnaround in in these qualifiers what do you make of toronto's uh turnaround why do you think the ultra are now so good despite having played probably the best team in the game and beating them three one. Yeah, I wish I had a really good answer. Um, you know, obviously we'll get to uh LAT's other match of the week after this, but um might be a little bit of a, a major curse. Uh don't really know how best to describe it, but you know, after winning a major team struggling in the online qualifier seems to be a bit of a trend, just at least with the last two matches. Small sample size, I know, but bear with me. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a quality win for Toronto, especially coming off that major win for LAT. You definitely expect them to win this one. Um, you might have you might have expected it to be a tougher match, but um, end of the day, you know, all we really had to judge was LAT coming off a major, Toronto a better than expected major performance based on their uh, qualifier play, but coming off of online qualifier, uh, struggling in the major four online qualifiers and going back to online. Uh, this is just a match you probably expected LAT to win and wasn't the case. Like you said, Scrappy set a new hard point record, uh, 43 kills. I think I saw somebody mention, I, I Kenny had 42 deaths, deaths in the map one. I think somebody said it was a record, but I, I wasn't able to find it again on Twitter. So I'm, that's unconfirmed, but a lot of deaths uh, either way. And yeah, it was just a, a pretty surprising win. It, I guess it's even more surprising that was the map one was the map that LAT won where Scrappy set the uh, hard point kill record for the season. Uh, and then Toronto was able to take care of business in maps two, three, and four to, to close this one out. Yeah, I think uh, Toronto, their quote-unquote turnaround could just be based on like they lost the 50-50s in the qualifiers and that really kind of hurt them because I believe they lost like three game fives in the qualifiers of the last qualifiers. Um, and 
you know, they played some tough teams and now they're just winning those 50 fifties. And even, yeah, they even took phase to a game five at the major. Um, so I, I'm not sure what we can really take from Toronto. Maybe it was just like kind of a, a stretch of bad luck. Um, things just don't go their way in that specific time period. And it, it kind of looked worse because it all happened at the same time. But um, Toronto, another great win, 2-0 and to start Major Four Qualifiers, uh, and we'll talk about LAT's second match here shortly. Uh, but before we get to that, Florida LAG, Florida wins 3-2, extending LAG's losing streak, uh, which is by far the most interesting part about this series. Uh, neither of these teams are competing for, you know, they're technically not eliminated uh, from champs contention, uh, but LAG... I is about as cold as a team can be and florida while they picked up a few wins here and there over the past month or two um they're still 50 points behind vegas who's in ninth and 70 points behind minnesota in eighth so it would take pretty much a, a herculean effort from the mutineers to get into champs um any thoughts on this uh, I think I think you uh, tweeted something, or I think Crone tweeted like "blow it up bowl" or something. You were like, "the the true blow it up bowl is London LAG." Yeah. Um. So, um. You know, obviously not exactly the most highly anticipated match of the weekend here, but you know, good on Florida. You know, like you said, they might not be able to make a last minute run, but obviously winning this map match puts them in a better position to potentially do something. Uh possibly even more miraculous than New York's uh, run last year. So uh, we'll have to see. We, You know, last couple majors, Florida has had, you know, shown a spark where they were able to pull off a big upset in the loser's bracket weren't able to do much more beyond that. Um, so maybe, you know, they, they put a couple wins together here in the qualifiers, get a winner's bracket start. That'd be pretty massive for them. Uh, and then who knows, if they're able to go on a run from there, might be able to make some magic happen. But it definitely will be a Herculean task, like you said. Uh, yep, so 10-match uh, losing streak for LAG. I'm not sure what the exact longest is, but um, I believe... So from from this article uh, from Upcomer from July 2022, uh, the Paris Legion had lost 11 straight, um, which was a C new CDL record. Uh, I'm not sure if they won after that because who knows with the Legion, but um, it's it's not it's not been great uh for lag and um i'm kind of hoping that they'll break the record now because like if you're going to be bad you might as been might as well be really really bad um that's kind of my logic as a browns fan um over the years uh there's no point in being uh like the 13th or 14th worst team in the league um next match was uh a really interesting match um but I, I can't say it was a great match if you're an atlanta phase fan uh optic sweep phase 3-0 which uh is kind of becoming a theme maybe not the sweeping part but definitely optic winning and beating phase um a real trend developing here 3-0 that's that's like really surprising that phase can't even win the search uh, at this point against Optic, um, granted it was a round 11 win for Optic, but still uh, losing all three maps. And, you know, Hardpoint wasn't that close. Control was a clean sweep for Optic. Um, 
What do you think? Because we've obviously hyped up FaZe a ton over the past two years, uh, and rightfully so. We thought very highly of them, and rightfully so. But over the past year, over the past two years, I guess, whenever Optic became Optic Texas, uh, it's become a very hard task for FaZe to beat them. Um, what do you think of this? Like 3-0 for, for Optic over FaZe? That just seems kind of unreal based on where we were just a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be some kind of mental block or something at this point. And I was really surprised, you know, given the history and optics performance against Phase so far this year. Uh, Ness not, I not necessarily would have been surprised if if Optic won, uh, but pretty surprised by the three zero nature of the win. Um, and yeah, it just seems like you know Optic's got their number and. I feel like if I went back and looked, it, it feels like, you know, trying different maps and stuff like that because I don't think, um, you know, I, if, I, if I had to guess, Embassy has been one of Atlanta's best searches and I feel like they haven't really played Optic on it. Um, could be completely wrong there, but it, it just seems like complete dominance out of Optic in this this head-to-head -head matchup this year. Um, and if it carries out throughout the year, that that's obviously incredible for optic but you know if, if these two teams square off at champs and atlanta is able to win that one uh against optic then all these other ones might not mean as much so uh, i still believe in in phase just obviously this is a pretty convincing loss and i i think phase have the have the minds to try and figure out what's going wrong and especially in the head-to-head -head matchup um, but we'll just have to see if we see this matchup again, either at major five at champs, what, what they're able to do differently. If they're, they're able to throw a wrench in the map pool or something to try and, uh, change things up, but who really knows? Um, I will say too, shout out Dashy for that, that pretty wild sniper clutch on a BZ. And I think it was the two, four round, um, hit like not a quick scope, but like a, a semi quick scope through a door on a BZ with 10 seconds left while he was standing on the bomb to get it, to get that clutch to fuse. Um, so if you haven't seen that, go, go check that out. It was a pretty cool play and definitely my favorite play from this past weekend. Bays are now 0 and 5 on the season versus optic. 4-15 and 15 in the maps. Uh, they've only forced a game 5 once in those 5 series, and that was in the Major 2 qualifiers. Uh, the last two matches, so this past uh, weekend, and at the Major 4, uh, at Major 4 in the losers bracket, loser bracket finals, excuse me, uh, both of those were sweeps for Optic. Um, so uh, kind of a little map streak uh, going on here uh, in favor of Optic. Um, and looking at like the maps and everything and, and the game modes searches, um, you know, unsurprisingly been their best game mode against optic. They're three and three, uh, in those five series, um, uh, one and on LSEO, one and one on embassy, oh, and one on fortress, oh, and one and Mercado. But they are one in seven in hard point and zero and five in control. So that's one in twelve in respawn against optic this season. Not great. Not not what you want as a phase fan. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what they can do to fix that. I don't think champs is in what a month and a half. Um, I don't know how much you can just overhaul your respawn uh, game 
to completely match Optic and by extension LAT because LAT is a similar team to Optic in that they are very, very good in respawns. Um, I'm not sure what FaZe can do in the next 60 days to completely catch up and uh i just don't think they will like i i haven't seen anything this season that makes me think that phase can be optic uh if if everything is going right for for both of them if they meet in the winners finals i'm gonna favor if uh favor optic even if optic loses and phases on an incredible losers bracket run i'd still favor optic in this in this case and i can't believe i'm saying that because Optic for the past few years has been kind of inconsistent, even at their highest. I was not completely sold on them, and I've been I've been sold on Phase for so long. But I think Optic just has their number, and maybe and it's been over multiple rosters, right? Because we've seen RCDs in the lineup. They've had the same kind of struggles, and this year with Slasher, they've had these struggles. The talent is obviously there. Uh, I don't think anyone doubts a BZ and um, and Simp and Selium. You know, Selium might win the MVP. Who knows? Um, and Slasher is one of the greatest players. You know, one of the greatest ARs uh, to ever play. RCD has been incredible for years and years. So I don't think it's a talent thing, but it's it, it's a uh, it's pretty crazy that we've gotten to this point where we're talking about it. And I'm very very convinced like Optic would beat Phase in any scenario for the rest of the season. So, I, I just don't know. I, I'm sure the FaZe fans that listen to this are probably not too happy because we've been gassing them up for so long. But uh, I'm I'm kind of stunned that this is this keeps happening when Optic and FaZe match up. Um, last match of the week was LAT versus New York. A very interesting matchup, to say the least. Uh, we both picked LAT to beat Toronto in the first series in the Thieves' first series of the weekend. We both picked LAT to beat New York uh, in this series, and they disappointed us both. They um, go zero and two in the major five qualifiers to start it off, uh, and I'm I'm I don't know why. I, I I mean, of course, these are two tough teams. New York and Toronto are two of the five best teams in the league. Um, I don't think there's a lot of debate about that. Maybe Toronto, depending on um, you know how they are, but I think in general these are two of the teams that have won majors this season. They're almost all going to uh, you know Toronto is definitely going to champs. New York is you know kind of a a hair away from getting into champs, but still LAT to lose both these games, um, pretty surprising. What did you think of uh, New York beating the Thieves here? Yeah, so last week I was kind of saying, like, you know, we expected LEDs to win this one, uh, but this was going to be a really good test for uh, New York because we had mentioned, I believe, New York lost at Major 4 to Optic and FaZe, who came in second and third, but they didn't get to play LAT, who came in first. So this was, you know, an opportunity for the fourth-place team from the last Major to play that uh, the champion who they didn't match up against and obviously that's a good test to see where New York is at because we've been talking about you know New York having their best performance since winning major one um, so obviously this is a pretty big win for New York um, makes it a little tougher to judge just based on the strength of LAT at this current point um, which again is just something super weird to think about because just like Toronto after major four 
uh, or after major three, LAT win major four, and then have a, a you know a winless start to the following major qualifiers. So um, that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier in the episode. It might be a, a little bit of a trend, or it just could completely be coincidence. But um, none, nonetheless, it's it's definitely we're gonna have to see how LAT try to turn things around. Uh, this weekend because we were talking about it you know last year with the same la thieves roster how they kind of just steamrolled towards the end of the year heated up at the right time won the last major and won one champs after that they they won major four but there's one more major between you know major four and champs this year so um if, if they struggle in these qualifiers have a loser's bracket start that kind of kills any potential momentum they would have heading into champs unless they go on another uh super wild loser bracket run like they did at major two earlier this year but uh nonetheless yeah it was a really solid win for new york um put, puts them in a good position to try and have another strong performance at the final major of the year uh and whereas new york we're just gonna have to see how or sorry lats we're gonna have to see how they respond to this loss and the o2 performance this weekend what i was really surprised to see is that lat and new york are really really similar in their game mode uh, win percentages. Um, so LAT and New York, they're get both uh, have really, really strong records in respawn. Uh, 37 and 26 in hard point for New York, 42 and 26 in hard point for LAT, uh, 27 and 15 in control for LAT, 23 and 15 in control for New York. And they're almost identical in Search and Destroy. Uh, 23 and 25 for LAT, 24 and 24 for New York. Um, they both have, uh, they've both won about 60% of their matches this season. Um, their win or their map win percentage, it's slightly higher for LAT, but it's, you know, it's basically a few series away. It's really not that big of a difference. They've obviously both won majors this season. Uh, in the standings, it's pretty tight as well. It's a, a two-match difference. Um, New York is, um, obviously, they're a little behind LAT, but it's, you know, it's been overall pretty good for them, and it's been overall pretty good for LAT. Um, I, I don't know if this will happen consistently because I I feel just because we've seen uh, New York win this most recent matchup. I would not think that's going to be the same every time because LAT is a really good respawn team. Uh, they did lose both hard points, uh, most notably in this series. Um, or no, excuse me, they they lost the first hard point uh, and then they lost both search and destroys. I don't think that's the uh, that's going to happen all the time, especially with New York not being like an overwhelmingly dominant search team. Uh, even if LAT is not as well, and we know from the, the stats that they are not, they are both about 500% uh, or 500 in, in search and destroy. I I have to think that if you play these these two teams 10 times, five, you know, five of those times, I'm sure... LAT will get the advantage in search and five of those times you'll get New York to have the advantage in search. It's just who can pull out that control probably who can, you know, if, if one of those teams can win both hard points, obviously that would be a, a big help as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, 
I'm, I'm kind of surprised about the LAT thing. I don't think it'll continue, but I also thought that about Toronto when Toronto had their little slump uh, to start major four qualifiers, um, but something to keep an uh, eye on nonetheless. Um, yeah, and that does it for the the uh, pick'em stuff, uh, our pick'em records. So I, I made a little bit of a comeback this week, um, mostly because... Well, one LAT disappointed both of us, but uh, you were rocking with FaZe and against Optic, and uh, I was not. Uh, Minnesota and Boston, you picked Minnesota, I picked Boston in that one, and then Seattle versus Toronto, which I I think I I said I didn't feel confident about that one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure about that because every time I pick against Seattle, it seems like they win. Um, but that was not the case this weekend and it really helped our pick or my pick them. Uh, so you went four and six this week, definitely probably your worst week since like week one of the season. Uh, and I went seven and three, which is a very good week for me. Uh, so I am now two games back. You are one Oh one in 77. I have a 99 and 79 record this season. Uh, so there's a chance, probably not a great chance, but there's a chance that I could take the lead heading into the the final week of qualifiers for the 2023 CDL season, uh, which would be pretty interesting. Um, let's get to these predictions. I don't think there was anything else uh, that we had to talk about. Um, I, I I thought there was something, but oh, I was, I was going to bring up the breaking point thing. I don't know if you saw the fan share stuff that uh, breaking. So breaking point, uh, they did a little bit of a, a survey, uh, I guess, and they conducted the survey on Twitter and YouTube, um, and they reached out to fans to see uh, who they support, who those CDL fans support. And of course, more than half the league supports Optic, which is you know not not that surprising. The fan base uh, as a whole is very uh, very much dominated by Optic, uh, but there are also a lot of fans that support more than one team. Uh, and usually they support multiple players uh, who happen to be on different teams, um, which is you know not very surprising because you know there there's not a lot of continuity uh, in Call of Duty as you could probably att attest to over the years. Like Scump is uh, very much like an outlier where he's he stuck with Optic for almost his entire career. All, although there was a weekend with Envy <laughs> and a little bit of Apex uh, in MW3, but. Um, and, and quantic leverage uh, before that, but um, you know, mostly like teams change their rosters multiple times a year, and most almost all of them will do it in the off season and completely overhaul a team. So, fifty eight point four percent of CDL fans support more than one team, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but most of those people that support either one or both teams are optic fans. Um, and if you look at, uh, there's a graphic that's, uh, the fan share. So for every one LAG fan, which LAG apparently is the least popular team, uh, according to breaking points data, uh, for every one LAG fan, there are 18 optic fans. So optics fan base is 18 times larger than the gorillas. The second place team, so the, the team with the second most fans, according to this, the Las Vegas Legion, have uh, they have an 8.8% .8 
um, increase over or eight, they're 8.8 percent bigger, not percent. They're 8.8 times bigger than LAGR right now. Third place uh, LAT, fourth place Phase, fifth Seattle, sixth Toronto, New York, Boston, London, Minnesota, Florida, and then LAG at the very bottom. Um, I think that's pretty incredible. Uh, Breaking Point said that um, Optic dominates the CDL fan share, which is 65%, um, and that includes all fans, including casual fans who support two teams. And Vegas made a splash this season with Clayster, and teams like uh, LAT, FaZe, Surge, Ultra, and NYSL are growing fan share over time. Um, uh, as far as, I believe, the teams... I, I believe, yeah, so of the... T uh, of fans that are just fans of one team in the CDL, Optic, unsurprisingly, number one. Uh, number two, not surprising very much, LAT. Number three, still not surprising, Atlanta Phase. And then four and five, I was a little surprised more about five than four, but fourth is the New York Subliners. And then fifth, the Seattle Surge. Uh, which I think is surprising considering they were so bad for the first <laughs> two seasons of the CDL. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of just surprised, and I don't think that they have any of these big players that like you would think like attached for Minnesota. Like he has a big fan base; a lot of people know him um, over the years. Um, I'm sure there's better examples. Um, New York last year did have Crimsix; they had Clayster. Um, yeah. So I'm not really surprised about that, but I am a little bit surprised about Seattle. Um, and the only other graphic in this thread was teams uh, whose fans support multiple uh, teams. Um, so Boston, LA, uh, the Las Vegas Legion, and LAG, more than 90% of their fan base also cheers for another team. Uh, so, I mean, it's not that surprising with you look at Vegas, like, because I'm sure that's happened with some of the Vegas sports teams, uh, because it's very much a, um, you know, at least in traditional sports, like it's a tourist town. So it, it makes sense for you to be a fan of the Vegas golden Knights, but you might be a fan of the, you know, Binks, Colorado avalanche. But when you go to Vegas, you're, you're a fan of the, the golden Knights, um, with the Legion, I think it's obviously, a lot of fans of Clayster have become Legion fans. Um, I was, you know, not, I, I was not a supporter of the Legion, but I was a uh, Paris is winning champ supporter. And I think there's a distinct difference uh, between that. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe our movement's taken off, you know, shout out Mike, maybe, ego, his, uh... maybe the ego chow podcast and Mike merchant <laughs> has uh, changed the Las Vegas Legion. And we're pretty much the only driving force behind their fan base. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's still incredible. Like, even though, you know, most of the fans that support the Legion are supporting other teams, they still have, according to this, the second most fans, like, they're beating the thieves, beating FaZe. I think that's pretty incredible. Um, did you have any takeaways from this stuff? Uh, because I saw it earlier and I forgot to put it in the doc. No, I, I was just looking at the graphic you're talking about here where the, the fan share one um, and outside of Vegas, notably like jumping out at the top there. Um, the other thing I noticed, I'm kind of surprised how low Minnesota is. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, obviously nothing is set in stone yet, but 
we've heard three reports over the last few weeks slash months of potentially LAG, you know, selling it, its franchise spot. Uh, Minnesota potentially looking for somebody to, you know, join them or sell their their spot, and then Florida rebranding to Miami Heretics. Those three reports that we've heard are for the three teams that are the lowest in terms of fan share at the bottom here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of surprising, and I'm sure not necessarily coincidental, although it might be. Um, the other thing too, you got to give credit to uh, Boston Breach. It could be a little bit of the Zinni effect, but obviously Methods hasn't been playing the last couple of months. Um, but to see, you know, Boston, the newest team in the league, not at the bottom speaks volumes to what the org has been able to do in terms of connecting with fans. And obviously, you know, Boston is a big sports city, but um, I I don't necessarily think there's a huge correlation between uh geolocation and and the fans in terms of you know the cdl but there was an event in boston earlier this year so maybe that helped boost their numbers a little bit um regardless it is a little interesting to see that newest team up there above some especially in my opinion like i would be surprised to see boston over minnesota just because in my head i i think of minnesota has done a really good job of uh you know being one of those organizations from outside of call of duty coming in making an impact doing a lot of cool stuff on social media and uh having the press conferences for the press and having these home series events when no other team is doing that this year a a bunch of examples yeah i uh, there's actually somebody in the comments of uh breaking point um and they said i almost don't believe minnesota is that low felt to me like they do well with their fan base and breaking point replied our data was sourced from twitter and youtube users which may not adequately represent rockers fan base but uh it was the easiest way for us to take a deep credible sampling of cdl fans and i i understand that like i i don't really know how breaking point would have done this survey otherwise um it kind of just based on social media and you know like you're getting fans to you know say like who are you uh, fans of but they're also active social media users that know breaking point which is like even smaller than like the normal cdl audience that are kind of like casual fans of cod i'm assuming um and i would also say that minnesota would probably have a very high um like i, I would imagine that minnesota's like local support is probably higher than other teams because they're doing like watch parties and home series. So maybe they're getting a lot of, you know, Minnesota or like Midwestern fans that are more just supporting them locally and maybe not through social media. Um, That's the only thing I can really think of because I agree with you. Minnesota does seem like they're doing a really good job with kind of trying to bring in their fans and making it more engaging for their fan base than other teams. Um, But maybe it's not reflecting uh, that in the social media data. I'm not, I'm not quite sure uh, about that. I believe there was something else that you brought up. Um, Oh, you you said like uh, Boston is at, uh, two, they're 2.2, so they have pretty much double the fans that LAG do. Um, the one I was really surprised about, other than Minnesota, was London, uh, because it's the only English team, the only non-North uh, American team. Um, obviously, the first few years, they were going with these all-English lineups. It just feels like a really disappointing thing. Like, if if these numbers are accurate, so I'm, and I, I think Breaking Point tried to do the best job they could. Uh, I'm sure of that. 
But so if, if these things are accurate, London being one of the least popular teams in the league is not great because the support that we saw London and England as a whole support the CDL when the, we did that event in 2020, obviously that was, a you know, feels like a decade ago, but uh, you know, there was a lot of support and I think people really took to the fact that like the London audience was so passionate about the Royal Ravens and they were passionate about call of duty. It just maybe is not reflective and maybe because London has struggled so much this season that can kind of skew the data uh, because you know, people jump off the bandwagon. I don't know even if Clayster was on the team, but the Legion were doing really poorly like they did last year. I'm not sure how many, uh, you know, people would be like, yeah, I'm a fan of the Vegas Legion. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe the fact that they've gone away from this, you know, UK English lineup thing, um, which I personally was a very big fan of because I think these teams should try to go after players that kind of represent their communities. And that's, one of the biggest things that we criticized the Legion for when they were in Paris was like, they literally didn't have a French player. I think they had breezy, uh, Brezzy one year, but he was like a substitute that never played. That's not good enough, especially if you're not competing. It's different if you're winning championships, but when you're not, it, it kind of sucks. Uh, and it probably alienates a little bit of the local fan base. Um, but yeah, I, I figured I'd bring that up. Um, I'm not sure if you have any other thoughts on that, but, um, yeah, really good work by Breaking Point. I thought it was an interesting thing to to learn, um, especially that so many fans are supporting more than one team, uh, which is you know not it's not usual in uh, actual traditional sports. Maybe basketball uh, because players kind of move and you know teams results are so dependent on players, but uh, definitely not that common like in baseball or or football or anything like that. Um, let's do our pickums. Let's get our predictions out of the way and we can get on out of here. Uh, Friday, May 12th, three matches, London versus LAG. The blow it up bowl is here. Uh, and I am going with the London Royal Ravens because I am crossing my fingers a little bit that LAG break this record. Yeah, yeah this is one you don't want to pick, um, but I just can't bring myself to pick London. So I'm going to begrudgingly go with LAG. Florida versus Boston. Uh, Boston still trying to hold on to one of the last champ spots. Florida, maybe they'll do a uh, a New York and pull off a, an epic comeback. But I'm gonna go with the Boston Breach. Me too. Especially if they're using sound EQ. Atlanta versus Vegas. I mean, Vegas had a very very strong week last week, but I'm gonna go with the Atlanta phase. Yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta too, but it definitely is worth mentioning that Vegas played much tougher against uh, Optic than Atlanta did. And, you know, Vegas is coming off a big upset win over New York. Atlanta is coming off that uh, dominant loss to Optic. So a little bit of momentum. You never know what's happening with Vegas online these days. So I uh, wouldn't be too surprised if Vegas is able to uh, steal one here, but I'm still going to go with Atlanta. I mean, Control is probably going to be the biggest game mode uh, in this series because... They're both, you know, not great at hard point, both very good in search, but control has kind of been the Legion's thing over the past week. So who knows if that trend's going to continue and that could be a turning point in the series. Uh, Saturday, May 13th, Atlanta versus London. Going to go with FaZe. Yep. 
uh, LAT versus Florida, um, that these obviously starting 0-2, but um, I think they'll probably get back into the win column against the Mutineers. Yep, I got to go with the thieves here. Seattle versus Optic. Uh, I, I could see this being a, a match in which the Surge win, but I don't think it's smart to pick against Optic, especially online right now. Yep, I'm going with Optic too, but this definitely should be the uh, closest match, in my opinion, of uh, this this particular day of the weekend. You don't think that New York versus LAG will be Game 5, Round 11? I do not. Okay. Me neither, but I was just checking. Uh, New York, I will pick the subliners over LAG. I will too. Uh, in the last three matches, Sunday, May 14th, Vegas versus Minnesota, probably the most interesting match of the weekend oh, be yeah. because of the champ seeding, qual uh, the uh, the implications of this. Uh, Vegas, as we know, two games back from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota in eighth place right now. Vegas also has the tiebreaker this season uh, because I think they're undefeated against the Rocker. They're like 3-0 and uh, against the Rocker this year. Um, so regardless of how this ends up, if they do end up being tied, Vegas would advance, I believe, uh, because it's head to head first. Um, so I'll go with Vegas. I mean, they're undefeated against the rocker. They have to be feeling really, really good about how last week went, even with the optic loss, Minnesota, who knows, maybe Boston rattled them with the sound EQ stuff. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Legion. Yep. Vegas is winning champs, baby. Got to get there first and they got to <laughs> take care of business here. But huge caveat here is that this is another prime example of just like at Major 4, Vegas has a chance with this match in particular to control its own destiny in a head-to-head -head matchup against the team directly above them. They have to take care of business in this one if they want to get to champs. And they it obviously can't really be compared to a Major where you're starting in the winner's bracket and you lose two matches. Yeah. Um, but this is almost as close to that scenario as you can. If, if you are Vegas in that position where you're chasing a team, you have to be, uh, you know, if you're a true competitor, you have to be hoping to play that team directly above you so you can control your destiny and not have to rely on tiebreakers and all that other stuff that's just out of your control. Um, so I'm going with Vegas. Really excited for this matchup in, in particular. And uh, I will be very devastated if Vegas wins, which is very weird for me to say, or if Vegas loses, because um, it's weird for me to say that because I really don't feel like I'm actually a fan of, of any CDL team. But it's it's kind of getting to that point where I really just want Vegas to make champs. Yeah, I mean, I it was like New York with uh, last season. I wasn't really a fan, but the... Just the idea of them making this incredible run and clinching a spot at champs at the very last second, uh, I think that's just an interesting way to go about it. Uh, and especially, I kind of want Vegas and Minnesota to like match up at the major. Maybe if it's in like the losers bracket, like you know, loser goes home, winner goes to champs. Like that kind of stuff is honestly what the CDL you know, should really be hoping for. Hopefully it will get there, but um, Vegas has a, it, it could honestly, a loss against Minnesota here uh, could break the season for Vegas um, just because the deficit might be just far too great uh, for them to come back and secure a spot at champs. Um, last two matches on Sunday, Toronto versus Optic. Toronto obviously started 2-0. Uh, Optic beat Vegas. Um and Atlanta uh, to start. So um, it could be 
a fight for the number one seed, depending on how these teams continue to play. I'm going to go with Optic, but I'm very interested uh, in how this match is going to go down. Yeah, I think, you know, prior to last week's matches and, and Toronto showing last week online, um, I'm a little more excited for this matchup as opposed to the previously, but I still think Optic should take this one just based on their current form. Uh, last match, Seattle versus Boston. Going to go with the Surge. Um, not feeling confident about that at all, but uh, I don't really feel confident about the Breach either. Yep, I'm going with Seattle too, uh, which means we have all of the same picks this week except for the Blow It Up Bowl. Which is the most important match, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, that about does it. Uh, so I will not be taking the lead in the pick regardless of how things go. Uh, we could get all of these picks wrong, but it doesn't really matter um, because I will just have to make that comeback in last week qualifiers or maybe at Major 5, maybe at Champs. Who knows? Um, I don't think I've ever beaten you in Pick'em, like even when Mike was doing it. So uh, probably not going to happen, but we will see. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like, or follow the podcast on whatever uh, platform you're watching or listening on. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, obviously Apple Podcasts as well. Follow us on Twitter at jbink with two Ks, at presbuyers, and the podcast Twitter is at Podcast. The next show will be sometime next week, probably live on May 16th, which is Tuesday, and then the, the feed will be updated uh, Wednesday morning. That's kind of the groove we kind of gotten into at the moment. It could change. Uh, you guys might get it a day earlier. Um, probably not because I am going home for Mother's Day and then coming back on Monday. So that's probably not going to happen, but it could. Who knows? Um, you never can guarantee anything with the Ego Chow podcast. We are the most unpredictable podcast on the internet. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll recap what happened in the week two uh, qualifiers, and we will preview the very last week of qualifiers of the 2023 CEL season. Um, but yeah, that does it for me. Bink, take it away. Yep. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. As you just uh, mentioned, a little early happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, looking forward to the matches this weekend and looking forward to talking to you guys about them next week as well. So uh, until then, remember to use in the chow.